You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Deep breaths, let's do it. It's time for another edition of Colchonero Chat. Sunday afternoon pod, uh, or Sunday evening rather. I'm Jeremy, I'm joined by Robbie, and we've got another wonderful uh, Atletico Madrid game to discuss, Robbie. A six goal thriller at Camp Now. Yeah, it, it, it was bad. It was very, very bad for a long time, but it was also very interesting. Um, and I think it might be the turning point, I'm thinking, because Atletico are now fifth, and they've got essentially nothing left to lose, really. Um, and I think that I think that they, the whole world saw tonight just how bad they are. And I think that um, I think that Simeone is going to have to do something. Um, quickly, and I think we saw in the last 15, 20, 30 minutes, um, even before Alves got sent off, I think we saw what Atletico can be like and how good they can be if they do press, and I don't know if Simeone is going to be willing to do that, but he has to do something, or else they're probably going to end up like maybe 6th or 7th, or sorry, 5th or 6th. Like it, um, it's incredible how this season has gone from Atletico could like seriously win the league for the second year in a row for the first time in seventy years they could repeat as champions. It's gone from that to well, Atletico might not even get top five. Like they might not might not even get top six the way they're going. Uh, we'll and we'll talk about some of those potential 
solutions if there are any, but it, it makes for grim reading and it made for grim watching, uh, Robbie. Barcelona 4, Atletico 2 at Camp Nou on Sunday. Atletico uh, had not won at Camp Nou in 16 years. That uh, 16 years to the day was the last time they won at Camp Nou. And that, that drought rolls on. The first visit to Barca in the post-Messi era, really, I, I don't think this could have gone much worse for Atletico. Um, let in three goals in the first half. Let in first time, I think, since 2013, if I'm not mistaken, that they've let in four in a league game. Incredible. Yeah. Incredibly. Yeah, and it was, it was, um, it was, uh, there was a variety of issues as well in that. It was from set pieces, there was uh, poor marking, poor decision making. Uh, yeah, like Atletico's, I don't know if it was their worst performance of the season because there has been a few, which is which is never a good sign when, no. not, when, when even that performance today doesn't go down as, um, as the very worst. Um, uh, so... Uh, yeah, I think I think there was a number of issues and and uh, individual, collectively, and I just thought Atletico looked. Uh, it, it was it was embarrassing uh, that that first half for the, the first half and the start and second half was was quite embarrassing actually for Atletico. They didn't know what they were doing. There was a couple of times in the in the box, um, for uh, at the end of that first half where they passed they were trying, I don't know what they were doing but they were passing it around and trying to Jan Oblak nearly nearly uh, gave away a goal Mario Hermoso did give away a goal passing it to Koke when he should have just cleared it and um, yeah I, I, I just I think they're they're in their own heads and, and um, once it kind of turned against them it could have been six or seven now. I'm sorry, six or seven, one. And it's yeah, and it started so well because Atletico did get the first goal. Yannick Carrasco in the eighth minute, he loves a goal against Barca. Uh, Luis Suarez gets the assist, and it's it's looking like a really good start. But unfortunately for Atletico, there's still 80 minutes to go in the game. And like so many other games this season, it's really uh, an accident that starts the, the Barcelona onslaught. Jordi Alba scores a golazo with his shin. Um, Shime Rosalco did kind of lose him, uh, but Jordi Alba should like never score this goal. This is like a once a year type of goal that he scores off like the the uh, base of his leg, off off his shin. Doesn't even hit his foot, and it go it floats in anyway. And after that, Atletico just right they they fall to pieces yet again. It's a, a un accidente, a moment of um, not really genius, but coincidence that starts Atletico once again. They're, they fade away. They let in uh, the second goal from a Traore cross um, from to Gavi. Then it's 3-1 through Araujo. Then it's 4-1 through Danny Alves. And it's just, it all collapses. Like it's it's got to be psychological. Yeah, just complete class. But I think that um, I think that when you say an accident, uh, I, I do think that the that the down that left hand side, Atletico Madrid's left hand side, they have a serious, serious problem. Yes, and they I do. think when, when I when I said earlier in the pod that I think that there was the reason why I would be hopeful now is that I think Diego Simeone has his four four two back. Now we just mm. saw that Vass, uh, Daniel Vass is going for. The test on a twisted knee um, tomorrow uh, or later and but if he is fit and I know he wasn't good but he's basically 
for the last month he's been kind of in and out of Valencia's team and kind of had his head turned and I'm sure he's probably not not really um, um, what would you say he wasn't really tuned in for this game but but uh, and he, he I think he will get up to speed but if you play Daniel Vaz Stefan Savage Jimenez and Reynaldo at left back Rodrigo De Paul Coke um, Thomas Lamar Joe Felix or sorry, sorry, Yannick Carrasco, and then play Cunha and Suarez up front. That's your four-four-two, uh, and and just go for it. Just completely go for it. Go um, and 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 whatever. Let Cunha pick up the slack for what Suarez doesn't do because Cunha will, and he can, and he's so rangy and long that he can get around the field. And mm-hmm. um, now we understand it's so easy for us two two guys on a podcast say just press and it'll be fine. But I genuinely think that this team is is so full of uh, energy with, with with the likes of like um, uh, even Daniel Voss who's, who's got loads of energy and um, Rodrigo De Paul just let him play, let him go. Uh, Cunha is the same, really eager to just go. Thomas Lamar we've seen can do it. Um, uh, Reinaldo look good, and then like. Just, just play like this. You have more talent than the opposition, uh, and and I think that while it was embarrassing, uh, I think it's kind of weird because at the end of the game, now now Atletico did run out of steam and they kind of ran out of options, and Barcelona did quite well to just shut them down in the end. But there was like it was ten or fifteen minutes there when I was like, Atletico actually might get back into this if they keep playing like the if they keep pressing and and. Um, and causing problems for Barcelona because Barcelona couldn't get a couldn't get their foot on the ball. And um, now, obviously, you're 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 opening up you're you're opening yourself up there for a counter for balls over the top and and that. But I think with Hermoso out of the picture and with Reynaldo at left back and your four four two, you don't leave as many as many um, as many gaps uh, down either channel and. I think that that is what Simeone needs to go back to now because that three fights or that three at the back just is not working and Mario Hermoso is a complete and utter liability. Oh, man. Yeah, Hermoso cannot start another game this season. Like, the way Adam Atriari just dominated him in the first half of this game, um, just complete and utter annihilation down the left-hand side. And I was thinking, in the first five minutes, I'm thinking Hermoso bundles over Triori once. And I'm like, yeah, I've, I've seen this movie before. If Traore keeps getting the ball there, and if Atletico do not start sending us a second defender to help Hermoso, they're going to create a goal from that side. And lo and behold, that's where Barca's second goal came from, was a Traore cross to the back post for Gavi, who outjumps Shime Rosalco, as he did multiple times in this game. Uh, but your point about the 4-4-2, uh, some of these gaps really need to be plugged, Robbie. Uh, this is a tweet from Jose Ignacio Fernandez. I have some some stats for you. Uh, Atleti have 11 defeats this season, six in La Liga. That is tied for the uh, or joint tied for the most in any year under Simeone. Uh, they have never conceded more than 31 goals in a season with Cholo as the coach. This season they've conceded 30. Oblak has led in 30 goals this year, and this is the first time Oblak's conceded four in a league game. Um, it's just those are just jaw dropping numbers given the reputation of this defense and the reputation of this of this coach for drilling that defense. How many of these goals were down to Oblak today? Um, we saw the goals from three different defenders. Is it all down to the formation? Uh, is it down? Does there need to be a goalkeeper change? What is there something really drastic that needs to happen or come out from this game? 
Yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, uh, I, I don't think that. I think I think it started with the tactics and 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 Atletico kind of leaving themselves open and and Hermosa. But I but I think the problem and this is why it's so hard to kind of analyze goalkeepers because because a lot of their performance is uh, dependent on how solid their defense is, how mm. safe they feel, and uh, and the kind of chances they're giving up. Now, obviously, their numbers uh, they've met been created to, to kind of judge how well a keeper plays based off the uh, expected goals after the shot is taken and things like that. Yeah. We're, we're getting better at uh, the, the, the soccer world is getting better at kind of analysing that. But I do think that John Oblak looks like a man who's just completely and he's second guessing himself and he's overthinking it. And, and for a goalkeeper, uh, the horrible, horrible life of a goalkeeper, that kind of overthinking it is is the complete disaster I mean you can be a striker and overthinking it and you're just kind of you're kind of snapping at shots and things like that but for a goalkeeper to be um, to be second guessing it it, it turns into what uh, what we're seeing from John Oblak this season it's he's a goalkeeper who's not playing with really any confidence at all like and he like there are only so many incredible saves like that defy advanced metrics that you can make, right? Like, it. I, I, I completely agree. It is down to the um, the quality and the level of the defenders in front of him. Like this was Stefan Savage's first game back in two months, uh, and this was a defense that started both Hermoso and Versalco when Atletico signed two new defenders uh, during the transfer window over the international break. Either one of them could have started. It makes no sense to have him also play as a left-back man. Like, especially if you're going to play a game against Barca where you're not going to have much more than 30, 35% of the ball. Absolutely no sense of that decision. I can't make any sense of it. Yeah, especially when he's playing so poorly and we've yeah. got enough. It's kind of weird. I just don't really know what Simeone wants this team to be or what he wants them to do. Like, when when he first started out playing the 3-5-2, it was because... Um, it was because... For a number of reasons, but because he needed to get Carrasco into the team, didn't trust Lodi, needed to get Trippier free, you know, and down the right hand side and uh, things like that. But but now it um, it feels like he's kind of he's he's decided that's how he's going to play and, and and or some variation of that, and he is he's just sticking with it, and I don't really know. I mean, I just don't know how bad it can get because, because we've been saying this all year. They're they're absolutely terrible, basically, um, <laughs> and we saw it. We were like, I mean, we saw it tonight uh, that just how bad they 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 have been and are. And and I think that even even after the first goal, the first goal was was or Atletico's only uh, sorry, yeah, Atletico's first goal. Was lovely. I mean, it was so well worked. It was, it was, uh, it was really slick. But then after that, you're looking, going, I, I actually don't know how they even think they're going to score here because they didn't have any of the ball. They, uh, they didn't. They, they, they had no. Um, it just, it just looked like it has all year, and that's disjointed, unbalanced. Like if you're playing without the ball and you're playing Luis Suarez up front, like what are you even trying to do? Like, uh, and I just think that um, 
going back to a four four two, which the team knows, which Simeone knows, and kind of going for it. And and and, and you see, even the, the way that they're playing right now, they're not even that kind of chippy, um, emotional team that they used to be. They're just they're just they're, they're nothing like it. At least if you go back to a four four two and kind of play high pressing, you can become maybe something a little bit like. Uh, uh, Jose Bordalas's Getafe, like just just um, turn into that chippy, intense, aggressive kind of Atletico Madrid that, that we used to know, and and I think that would be uh, in line with Simeone's personality and how he is as a coach. But it would also mean a little bit more chaos, fine, but trusting that the players on the team have enough talent, and you've got enough talent on your bench. To come true because, uh, like, if you're going to be losing games and drawing games two all, three all, losing them four one, four two, two one, three one, why not just accept that, that, and actually then go and be proactive in how you try to win the ball back and and get and make chances. Yeah, which is why I think Cunha needs to play because Cunha is one of the few players in this team. Lemar is another. DePaul is another. Uh, that can win the ball back in those positions and that can bring energy, intensity, character to the team. That's what's more concerning to me watching this team week in and week out than what formation they play, which players are on the field, is that where where is the intensity? Where is the response? Where is the um, the character? Where's the spark? After such a rousing comeback against Valencia two weeks ago, we flash forward to camp now where Atletico have not won since 2006. And it's another display where they, they go ahead early, okay, sure, but then the next 45 minutes is one-way traffic after Barcelona equalized, and they easily could have scored five or six in this game with how Atletico's defense is just all over the shop. Like, I know what the expected goals numbers say, that Atletico have been horribly unlucky, but I'd argue that they're not. Like, they're, there are structural problems that are that are creating and openly encouraging this variance and this chaos, and I... And I agree with your point that Atletico should really embrace it, uh, especially if you're going to play Hermoso in defense every game, because that those are guaranteed goals coming from his side at this point. I agree with you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And and, and I just think, um, like, if you... One of, one of the players who's been really disappointing since he joined in the summer or this year is Rodrigo de Paul. And I thought we saw tonight and today his natural tendency is to, to push to go forward to to, 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 to to make something happen and he's kind of being restrained in in, um, in in what he's being asked to do when I taught in the last 15 20 minutes he, he like and I know this probably is silly because they were a man down and, and they were losing four two anyway but that was probably Rodrigo de Paul's best performance like he was he, mm. he looked he looked like Rodrigo de Paul and we haven't seen that since it was every week that we've seen him playing for Atletico. He started out; he was real, really kind of that kind of player. But every week we've seen him diminishing as the the, the player that he is and wants to be, and the person that, 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 that he is, and the characteristics that he has. Tonight, today, now look, it took Atletico to be four one down. Um, right, that's the problem. Uh, that's the huge problem. Yeah. Is that it took a three goal yeah, I mean, deficit and Danny Alves's red card for Atletico to even generate some kind of response? Exactly, and it means nothing essentially. I mean, mm-hmm. you can you can you could say, oh yeah, no, 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 it kind of saved a little bit of face at the end. No, it means absolutely nothing. But I think if you were to play Rodrigo de Paul as uh, um, or, or let him be the player that he is, 
I don't think there's many players in La Liga better as a number eight than than Rodrigo de Paul. Uh, I mean, we we can argue the toss on that and say like, right, okay, well. Uh, there's different players that do different things but I think as an out and out number 8 just running up and down the field pressing uh, tackling creating dribbling I think Rodrigo de Paul has been hasn't been utilised properly and if you go go to that style that we were saying I think that you, you do get that out of him and all of a sudden the dynamic changes the, the feelings the vibes change and this Atletico team is no longer Reactive, they're, they're they're proactive, like the way, uh, which which is which is which correlates well with how good they are and how much they're paid and how good they think they are and uh, how much football they have. Whereas when you have a team that's kind of sitting back, unsure of itself, uh, any player would 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 uh, go into himself and kind of start to doubt himself, and you know. Uh, and, and I think that I think that's the only option for Diego Simeone at the moment. Um, and we'll see if it happens. I wouldn't be entirely confident it will, but I, I think it's mm. going to get to the point this season where there's literally nothing else left to lose. And every single game will be a case of we've got nothing left to lose. And that seems to be when Atletico are at their best as we saw tonight when they had nothing left to lose they actually kind of played a little bit well and um, yeah I think that's that's something that has to something that has to happen well you mentioned DePaul and the midfield and this is something I also wanted to talk about regarding this game Uh, and really the season as a whole but it was magnified specifically in this game Uh, Atletico's midfield uh, has just been terrible all season and I, I feel like we've spent because the defense and the goalkeeping had built had both been so concerning uh, we haven't spent a, ho- a whole lot of time, relatively speaking, about the mid, you know, talking about the midfield. Um, and DePaul is a really good case for, there's a really good example of what's been going on in Atletico's midfield. He has been playing out of position the entire season. Um, DePaul has been playing as a pivot. He's been playing as, as a central midfielder the entire season when he is much more, when he's much closer to a 10 than he is a 5. Uh, to an 8 or a 10 than he is a 5, and he's been playing in basically in Thiago's old role the entire season because of the squad imbalance and the imp- and the injuries and the um, the lack of options, like more, more Kondogbia-like players to shield him and protect him. Koke and DePaul have been exposed the entire season, and it hasn't really entirely been their fault. I mean, that's something that Simeone has not found a solution for yet. He continues to do it anyway. Is playing DePaul in this this central midfield, even like an anchor type role. That, of course, you're not going to get the best out of him. Then DePaul can do it because he's a really good midfielder and he will put in the hard yards. He'll do a lot of running and he can make interceptions and tackles. But what DePaul is really good at and what he was signed to do was to aid the team in its ball progression and aid the team around the final third. And he hasn't had the opportunity to do that because Cholo has been playing him out of position the entire year. Yeah, exactly. And I think that um, I think that uh, Simeone has been trying to protect Koke, which is which is which is understandable, and I can I can understand the logic behind it. But at the same time, you protect Koke much more by actually being proactive. I think, and I understand that you could be left on the counter, but he, he's already he, like you can't protect. Once you start to kind of get um, 
defensive and try to try to protect players and try to that's when harm will be done and I think that's what we've seen instead of instead of like and even Koke Koke is a player who, who's really willing to do a lot of running like we see his role in Spain yeah, now I know it's 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 different and I'm advocating something different here but like he does loads of running uh, now, now he doesn't do run very fast but he does loads of running yeah. and he will cover lots of ground and um, so, so I, I think that I think that when you try pressing, uh, or sorry, when you try to uh, protect him, that's when you actually do more harm than good for him, and 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 yeah, yeah, I think that the the midfield has been hasn't been talked about because we are aware too that uh, he's not going to change Koke, so it's kind of like a little bit. Pointless even discussing it or something. It feels mm. like that way, maybe, or maybe that's why we don't talk about it. But, uh, but yeah, that's 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 another issue that needs to get sorted. But, um, but uh, if you if you if you play Rodrigo de Paul as the as a man going up and down the field, you actually free up Koke a little bit more and kind of and kind of make those passes into that area uh, at the pivot a little bit more difficult, and that means Koke can. Kind of um, can can recover quicker and stuff like that. So yeah, I think that by by letting Rodrigo de Paul letting Rodrigo de Paul be Rodrigo de Paul, you're unlocking a lot of potential. Like Atletico have already let in thirty goals this year. They're probably going to let in several more. Like there's not much point in bunkering down and batting down the hatches and, and gunning for clean sheets every game. It, it's not going to happen. The defense is what it is. Um, we have we've been watching him for six months this season, and really a good chunk of the last calendar year, where Atletico's defense has been just playing at nothing. Um, embrace the chaos, right? Why not? Like this is probably how Atletico are. This is their best shot at getting into the top four this year, which is now a legitimate question and a legitimate debate. Will they even get top four? My God, um, this is probably the best way to do it with this stable of forwards at your disposal. Um, did you find it interesting that? Even though Griezmann, Condogbia, Llorente were all cleared and good to go over the past week, did you find it strange, concerning that they were all left out of the squad? Was it good to exercise that kind of caution for this game and leave them out? Uh, Yeah, but I guess so. But it also kind of, um, there's an issue here with, um, with how Simeone sees this squad and also how the squad is built. The squad is kind of, built in a, in a very weird way in that there's no kind of like for like substitution so like um you're, you're playing like you, you once you say someone's playing you have to uh fit the team around them uh, so, so, so like so for example Antoine Griezmann playing is very different to to uh, Cunha playing, for example, sure. uh, and 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 Luis Suarez seems to be uh, like a shoe in, um, and he wasn't going to be taken off today, which I can kind of understand. But but uh, but I I think that the squad is kind of imbalanced, and that's got a load of different styles of players with no clear. Like if you look at, for example. Um, uh, Real Madrid, just as an example, and you look at uh, Vinicius, Rodrigo, Asensio, and Hazard. Four players who can play either left or right, and and that's it. 
when you're when you look at Atletico, you're looking at kind of Angel Correa, kind of more of a second striker. You look at Joe Felix. He he's been played more on the left, so so so. And Griezmann hasn't played in a while, but he's more on the right. And, and then you're looking, going like it actually makes your head hurt thinking about how you even you have to kind of reverse engineer the team. If that makes sense. Once you say, Yo Felix is starting, right? We have to play a specific kind of a way then, uh, rather than Ancelotti saying. Hazard is going to start today. Okay, that's fine. He just take Vinicius out and put Hazard in. Grand. Did you get me? Yeah. Um, so, so I just think it's a kind of a squad building issue. Dash um, dash uh, dash. It, 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 the things don't really fit, and that's why we see the change when 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 Simeone made all the changes today. And and in recent weeks, in general, recent we months. see um, we see a massive change in how they play. Like, like you look at the squad, and and speaking to that squad building, this harkens back to a topic we've discussed on a few recent shows in recent weeks: is how many of these players are really um, built to Simeone's specifications, and how many of these players are built toward are geared toward what the club wants, like how the club wants the team to play. Um, how like Sorezzo, Hilmarin, and Andrea Berta kind of see like kind of see how the team should play, right? Like Joao Felix is, I think it's becoming pretty clear he's not a Simeone player. Like he's not cut out to play Cholismo, and that's okay. It's not really a, a damning indictment on him as a player. But some styles work better for some players, and some styles work worse. Like Luis Suarez is, I thought this was a really good Suarez game, one of his best of the season. Uh, if Simeone could start him against Barca every week, he would, uh, to get this kind of reaction from him. Um, but, you know, Suarez, Correa, Cunha, Coque, DePaul, Jimenez, Savage, I think all those guys are Simeone players, but in Oblak too, because he's a great goalkeeper, and historically has been. But you look at some of the other players in this team, like Hector Herrera is not a Simeone-style midfielder. Um, you know, we we haven't seen much of Reynaldo and, and Vaz yet to draw any conclusions. Um but Mario Hermoso, Shime Versalco, the, these are not guys who are best equipped and best able to play the rugged, structured, rigid 4-4-2 that Simeone's been best at deploying over the last decade. And it, it's very strange that, that Simeone is trying to get these players to play this style when they are very clearly not geared toward it. That's partially on him. That's partially on the club's recruitment efforts. Like, they're just... And it's a small squad anyway. Atletico only called up 19 players for this game. Atletico annually have the smallest squad in La Liga due to the budget constraints and the salary cap, uh, salary commitments, etc. So it, it's, it speaks again to the, the squad imbalance and the improper squad building is that the club is not adequately responding to the type of players that the coach's system needs. They're not adequately responding through the market. Yeah, and I and I, I think that once you go to four four two, that fixes that issue in in many ways because it could. you play on the left. You you play you play Coke and Rodrigo in the middle, and 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 uh, or sorry, Coke and and yeah, and Rodrigo in the middle is what I would do, and then you play Lemar and Carrasco, and if Carrasco's not working, you take him out and you push you know, Felix there. Uh, 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 if if 
if uh, Lamar isn't working, you take him out and maybe put I don't know Correa there, or, or you could you could even bring on Versalco and push. It's way more. It makes way more sense. You, like, whereas whereas right now, when you take off Hermoso, the whole thing has to change. Or, or you know, like play Ronaldo left back, and then you play two up front: either Cunha and Correa, Griezmann and Suarez, Griezmann and Cunha, and and it way, makes way more sense. Whereas when you're kind of chopping and changing and switching and moving, it, it just it, to, to me anyway, it doesn't make any any sense. And you're constantly chasing. You're you're constantly changing things, and it's not working, uh, and and it's just it's just uh, you're 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 constantly being forced then to when it doesn't work first time out, you have to completely ring the changes, and this is what we see from Simeone, and the whole thing has changed. Like I wouldn't even mind a Herrera for Koke because you're trying to do something different. It, it, it's at least it's a it's a holding midfielder for a holding midfielder, whereas for Joe Felix, he's more of a second striker. But Simeone doesn't seem to. Kind of play him there. He plays him more as a left winger, left kind of um, um, attacking midfielder. It just doesn't work for him. And I think that's probably one of the saddest things from today was was Joe Felix. Like I thought, um, mm. I mean, it's getting to the point now where it's it's pretty much over for him at a netting on. I know that that sounds really, really um, uh, drastic, but at the same time. I don't know how many chances he needs or how many times he needs to be taken out before his confidence is completely and utterly shattered. Yeah, at the same time, we've had, we've had almost three years now, Robbie, of watching Joao play, and the talent has always been there, uh, but he hasn't put it all together. Is it down to him? Is it down to Simeone? Um, it's, it, it's difficult to say. I, I don't think we can fully blame either side for what's happened here but this is the fact of the matter is that this this is not the player atletico paid 126 million euros for this is not what they were expecting anticipating hyping up etc and his his yeah his position is unclear and i wrote a little bit about him over the international break for a big piece on on atletico's forward search that you and i worked on and the advanced metrics joao's advanced metrics are are continue to be very very good um he's a great ball carrier he's progressive he's dynamic his uh, shot creating actions have gone way up this year nearly four per 90 minutes but it hasn't corresponded with a breakthrough it hasn't corresponded with like the the raw numbers the end product that which players are uh, fairly or otherwise are judged on there is no end product in joao's game and I just I don't know how much longer a rope you give him. But this is the third year of this where it's just been kind of, eh, he's very clearly skilled. He's sensationally talented, but there's a difference between being really talented and really good. And Joao Felix is just not a really good player, despite the evident talent and the evident skill. Yeah, man, I think that comes down to a, I think it's getting to the point now where like like there's a couple of options I think here, uh, like as in what's gone wrong. Either, either, um, either Atletico got sold a a, a pope <laughs> in that he had one good season for Benfica and Atletico got screwed. Uh, I don't know if that's the case. I, I would doubt that that's the case because I think Joe Felix does have the, the talent. Uh, that's one option. The other option is just a complete misunderstanding, uh, 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 not, not, not even a breakdown in the, in the relationship between Simeone and, and you know, Felix, but uh, a miss, 
an, an inability to to communicate with each other where Felix is being yo know, Felix is being asked to do something he can't. Simeone's getting annoyed with him and dropping him and then there's just a uh, uh, there, there's just a, a a divide there. Or or the third thing is that um that uh, he just needs a different team. He he just he just doesn't he doesn't uh, he needs a, a change of scenery. Too much has happened. Uh, he's too annoyed. He's he's pissed off. He's it, it doesn't suit him. And he needs another. He needs somewhere where he can go and begin his 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 career in either the league or the Premier League or somewhere like that properly because the year Benfica was wonderful and I'm not not saying uh, not not to be. Um, uh, two down on, on the Portuguese league, but in terms of the top five leagues, Joe Felix needs to go somewhere where he can get a little bit of a softer landing, maybe, or kind of work his way into it. And and uh, but Atletico Madrid was the wrong choice for for that player at that time in his career, and we're only kind of starting to realise that properly fully now. Um, and it'll only be when Joe Felix leaves Atletico that we realise. Or that 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 that's admitted, um, maybe even from Joe Felix, or we're not going to hear it now, obviously. But in the summer, when I would say when he moves, um, but depending on if Simeone stays and, and stuff like that, but I would say it'll only come to light later on that Joe Felix will admit that this has just been a complete waste of three years of his career. And we have now nearly a hundred games on which to base this, this kind of a judgment on, and we have. I think he's three, maybe four games away from getting one of those plaques outside the, the Wanda Metropolitano that all players who hit 100 appearances get for Atletico. Um, and, and Simeone was directly hyping him up before the game in the press conference, saying he's trained really well this week, we expect him to have a big game on Sunday, and he's hooked before the hour again. Like, I, I can't imagine that that doesn't look well, that doesn't reflect well on the coach or the player to say those things and then hook him after an hour again, not even an hour. Yeah. And I think it was weird too because this is exactly when Joe Felix probably would have made hay. Like he probably would have uh, started to come into his own when Atletico started to play. And I think that's probably why Joe Felix is upset because he was like, "Right, here we go. We've got a man advantage, and um, we're 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 really going at this. This is where I can actually do damage." And he was taken off, and I was just, I just, it was, it was, it was. Um, no, no, I don't know what he might have done, but uh, like uh, even I was disappointed when I saw his number coming up because I was like, this is ideal for him, a chance to kind of run at players, and, and we even saw when Jordi Alba was uh, was was booked for taking him down. That was that kind of a break for Joe Felix. That's when he's he's lethal in those situations, mm-hmm. and I just think that it would be be especially upsetting for him that he probably was going to get a couple of chances and touches in the box. Right at the moment when he got taken off, and it's, and this is the way it's been for him all year. So he either starts and gets taken off just when things are getting exciting, or else he doesn't start and gets brought on when they're three one down, and he has to play against the team sitting back, and you know, and it's just the demand. I I don't know what the solution is. Like there is none. There is none because he starts, doesn't do well, gets taken off disappointment he doesn't start uh, comes on and it's he, he doesn't have enough time he can't work his way into the game and that's it or else he's injured or else he's suspended and that's it like it's just completely and utterly frustrating um, 
beyond belief. He took 19 touches in 55 minutes. Uh, he was fouled nearly as many times um, as he passed the ball, Robbie. He was fouled four times. He attempted only seven passes, according to who scored, in 55 minutes. Just astounding. Yeah, I, and, and I, I tweeted out saying how um, I don't know if I don't know if Daniel listens to the podcast, but I tweeted out saying um, how uh, Joe Felix has that kind of um, quality or I don't know quality that that thing where he waits for waits for the tackle, and and and, and Daniel came back to me and I I don't really like debating stuff on Twitter so uh, I didn't quite bother writing back and uh, but but basically what I meant was Joe Felix's dribbling is very reactive in that he waits and waits and waits and he's so good and he's 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 so confident of his own ability that he's like you make the move and I will beat you which is absolutely fine and I said I, what I said was he waits for the kick what I meant was he waits for the for the tackle, or he waits for the lad, the player to lunge, lunge in, or he waits for the player to put their leg in. He skips by them, and uh, I think what happens is uh, Joe Felix now he's not running into space, he's not moving quickly, he's not getting the ball where he can turn quickly. So what he does is he receives the ball and he waits for contact, and he's waiting for the foul. Uh, and, and I just think that that's what he's started to do now, and it's kind of become it's 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 fine when it works because if you're if you've got the ball on the turn, you're facing goal, and and a player lumps in and Joe Felix just boop, pops it by him and goes, it's you're you're he's true on goal. The the problem but the problem is is that when you are waiting for the contact and waiting for the contact and it comes and you, you have nowhere to go and you're not moving fast, it's a uh, you just end up getting fouled, and it's, it breaks up the game, and you get upset, and and, and I just injured. think that that's partly down to his style, the way that he plays, but also he's getting the ball in all the wrong places. He's getting the ball when he's surrounded. He's getting the ball when when teams can teams can kind of predict or teams can kind of foresee when he's going to get the ball and he's getting the ball in, in awkward places and stuff and I think it's just that's what leads to a lot of the frustration with him and then he gets kicked around a bit and then he's just kind of upset and disappointed and, or upset with the referee and just and I think that that is partly down to the tactics too and that he's not getting the ball in the right space areas of the field and the attack isn't built around him, and this is the consequence of that. Uh, last thing I want to ask you from this game before we talk briefly about Hitafe next week, uh, what did you make of the, the debutants? Uh, Reynildo and Voss, uh, both players came on in the second half. Uh, did you like them? Is it tough to say, given the game context? What were your thoughts? Yeah, again, I think it's really tough to say. Voss didn't really cover himself in glory and, and got, got a bit of criticism. Uh, online and uh, I think that he yeah like it was but it was really tough and that he was he was being kind of being asked to do play as a as a kind of a wing back but yeah like I mean he he, and as I said he's been he's been in and out of uh, Borderlass's team there for the last couple of weeks and he really wanted to move and I'm not entirely sure how ready he was for it but I like the look of Reynaldo I think he was very functional I think he he made some decent decisions and I think he was I think he was um, I think he was fine yeah 
and I think both of those guys are ultimately going to be very important, especially if Atletico do move more or less permanently back to this 4-4-2. I think those signings kind of facilitate um, facilitate that happening. But we'll see, uh, and we will get our next chance to see Atletico in action, for better or worse, um, at the Wanda Metropolitano next Saturday, uh, the, the Saturday finale against Hetafe, Robbie. Uh, Hetafe are playing much, much better as of late. They uh, have won four of their past six. They pounded uh, Levante on Friday. Pathetic Levante, it must be said. One win from 22 games this year. Uh, Hetafe now up to six wins. They're up to 15th in the table. Looks like they're going to stay up under uh, Kike Sanchez-Lores. Uh, how do you see this one going? Yeah, like, I mean, again, if it goes back to a 4-4-2 and they play like they did at the end of the game tonight, I think that they have every chance of beating Katafe comfortably, like 2-0, maybe 3-0. But, uh, yeah, it depends on whether he's going to go with that. He might come in and be really cagey. And I'm, I'm not entirely sure. I mean, I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't be banking on it or anything. But, I mean, this feels like the... I I know I know that I know that um, the Atletico players said oh the feelings are bad after the game and I and I do agree with them it's not it's really not great but I do think that Atletico learned something about themselves tonight and that they're able to press and they want to press and I, look I I know that it, it was only a half an hour at the end of the game when it was already over and that but I think Simeone possibly realizes now that it's just not working um, and. And you'd hope they'd go out against Katafi and play a little bit more open and, and kind of high-pressing style. The next uh, batch of games for Atletico after this one, uh, they have three games, three league games, before hosting Man United in the Champions League. That th- I think that tie is going to be a lot of fun because both teams have like the exact same problems. And I think it's just going to be a matter of who's, who outscores the other. But Atletico hosts Hetafe. They host Levante midweek. And then they travel to El Sadar to face Osasuna uh, in uh, two weeks from now. So three games before United pay, uh, come to town. Griezmann, Condogbia, Llorente, all expected back in the team next week. So th- this batch of games here, uh, ideally you want three wins here, or ideally you want three games where you just don't lose. <laughs> um, get on a nice little run, recover some sensations before the Champions League, which is really, other than finishing third or fourth, is what all Elico have to play for this year. Um, Atleti historically have a very, very good record against Hetafe. Uh, they have not lost to Hetafe since Diego Simeone took over as the coach and have conceded only one goal, and that goal came earlier this season um, in an eventual 2-1 win. So the, the smart money says Atletico are going to win this game um, at Heta- against Hetafe next Saturday, but is it really such smart money? Because we've watched Atletico uh, get hit on the counter and at set pieces time and time again. Hitafe average around 40, 41% possession per game this season. They're playing very well and with confidence under Sanchez Flores. I think this will be a tight game. Um, I would expect Atletico to just edge it, but Atletico have been defying my expectations in a negative sense the entire season. So I really don't know. Yeah, yeah, and I would have to, I could not disagree with a word you just said. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that will be next Saturday night at the Wanda Metropolitano Atletico. Hope to potentially get back into the top four. It's going to be a battle, though, based on how they have been playing, not just today in this loss to Barca, but for virtually 
the entire season. Nevertheless, we're going to be right back here to talk about it next week. Robbie Dunn, thank you for joining me on this edition of Colts Narrow Chat. Don't worry, Jeremy. I'm going to uh, catch you soon. Yes, we will be back next week. And until then, keep it on Into the Calderon and on our Patreon page as well, patreon.com slash Colts Chat. We'll talk to you all again soon. Adios. Thank you.